0: Things are changing in Kansas City on the staff and what's going to happen on the roster. There are a lot of things coming down the pike. We're going to cover it today with Matt from ChiefsDigest.com. We'll get to him in just a second. I hope you guys are ready for this because the offseason starts now and it's already rolling. Welcome to Locked On, Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the
1: land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast.
0: Welcome back. Thanks for making us your first listen. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and we're free on all the different platforms. I do want to introduce Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com. You have heard him before if you've been to the show, but I know a lot of you guys are new. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Row Analytics, and you can find me on Locked On NFL Draft and here and a bunch of places around the... the Web that I don't talk about anymore, but we'll get there. Uh, Check out RogueAPC.com and you'll find out what my livelihood is going towards right now. It's all based on how teams select players. And that happens to be, depending on the coaching staff. And the coaching staff is what's kind of in flux in Kansas City right now. Uh, We're going to get into it because it might be in flux right now, Matt. Have you been surprised about the way that the staff has changed to this point? And we're just, you know, this is Tuesday. It could all be different
1: tomorrow. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, some part of it's been a surprise because the Chiefs have had so little turnover. Um, we knew there was going to be a little bit of turnover this year. Obviously, when Matt House left from the linebackers position, we knew, you know, a while back that he was going to be heading to LSU. Um, but some of the some of the shuffles have been interesting because Brendan Daly moving to linebackers think is an interesting move and, and Joe Cullen coming in to coach the, the, the defensive ends and line defensive line. That's an interesting move to me because I think it could, you know, maybe indicate about which direction the chiefs are maybe going with some personnel in the off season, that another conversation there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, there's, there's a lot of interesting things. One is that the chiefs don't normally announce, you know, their coaching staff changes until everything is in place and they announce them all as once. Um, which is usually maybe late Mar- February, early March, when everything gets finalized. Um, this time, the Chiefs announced that you know Joe Coleman was coming on and Brendan Daly was moving last week, um, indicating that the defensive side of the football is done. That yeah. Steve Pagliarulo's coaching staff is in place. Um, right now, the Chiefs do not have a quarterbacks coach with Mike Kafka um, heading to New York to be the offensive coordinator for the Giants, um, and right now, technically, they don't have an offensive coordinator. Um, because Eric Biennium's contract is expiring. Um, It's unclear. I haven't had it confirmed yet about what date his contract is expired. Um, Mm -hmm. I was told by a team source, you know, he was on vacation last week before he went to New Orleans to interview for that the Saints job. Um, Normally coaching contracts expire with the Super Bowl. Sometimes there are other dates, so they will expire, you know, when a team season ends or even a a specific date, sometimes in February, but um, certainly with – we're under the understanding that after the Super Bowl, that Eric Bieniemy isn't as sense going to be a free agent. That he's going to be under not not under contract to the Chiefs and could go anywhere.
0: So that said, and, and we'll get to the defensive changes uh, in the next next segment because uh, I I like the way you laid that up there. Um, just going off of your gut, seeing what we've seen, all kinds of drama across the league, uh, the bryant Flores situation, calling out a number of teams, not just the latest one to interview him. But Eric Biennium has been tied to this controversy because he's had so many interviews and has not landed that job. Uh, Again, another interview came and went with the Saints. Do you think after all of that and the remaining openings around the league for other positions that aren't necessarily the head coach but are close, does your gut tell you that Eric Biennium is back or do you think that we have seen him uh, decide that he needs to go elsewhere in order to further his career?
1: I mean, to me, I, I think this is the ultimate, you know, Eric bien has got to ask himself what he truly wants. If he wants to be an NFL head coach, and that's what he said his number one goal is, he's bypassed maybe some opportunities to go be a head coach at the college level, because mm-hmm. um, this is what he wants to do. If he wants to be a head coach in the NFL, it's hard to say at this point that, you know, staying in Kansas City is maybe in his best interest. Maybe his best interest is served by leaving and being successful somewhere else and proving that he, you know, can do what he can outside the the shadow of Andy Reid. You know, certainly he doesn't seem to be getting the credit that other offensive coordinators have gotten, that Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy got, you know, when they got head coaching jobs coming out from under, under Andy Reid. EB hasn't done that yet. So if he wants to be a head coach, I mean, there's a certain logic in saying that at this point, he's done all he can do in Kansas City. He's won a Super Bowl ring. He's done it he's coach Mahomes and if he's not getting credit for having done that at this point then maybe he does need to go somewhere else but then again same thing offensive coordinator in Kansas City is a really good gig and there aren't any other offensive coordinator positions in the league better than that in Kansas City so to me like i said i mean it's it's a tough question for and eric bienne is the only one that can answer that he's the only one that can tell you um, if if you know what's what he really wants to accomplish. And if if being a head coach end all is the end-all be-all of everything that he wants to get done, it's tough to see that road happening through Kansas City anymore because it hasn't happened yet. And I think that's even more illustrated
0: by the timing of this particular change. With Mike Kafka getting hired away as an offensive coordinator, hey, I good for Mike Kafka. We've heard rumors for a couple of years that even without calling plays that someone's ready to make him that leap and he's going to be in a position that I think is good for him terrible for the team if this does work out that it's best for every enemy to go elsewhere and like you said kind of grow outside of of the shadow of Andy Reid that would have been the natural progression so how does that leave the team if they were both not on the
1: coaching staff well it is interesting because you know and and then you've got some other positions I mean that I think are up in, you know, kind of grabs too. I mean, you know, I, I, what, you know, the Chiefs are going to, and, and the fact that the Chiefs have not announced their offensive coaching staff yet. And and, they're, and Andy Reid even told us, you know, hinted in his last availability with us um, that, you know, maybe that there were going to be some changes. Um, because remember, you know, the, the Chiefs moved some guys into new positions last year. I mean, Greg Lewis was one of those guys moving over to running backs, Joe Blay-Meyer running moving over to wide receivers. Um, you got to evaluate how those work and if you're going to continue going forward. And remember, I mean, if a, a new offensive coordinator does come into Kansas city, he's kind of want some input on the staff too. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't necessarily mean that this coaching staff, you know, is intact right now. And it's just a matter of, you know, whether or not EB is going to be here and then hiring a, a quarterback's coach. That's not the end all be all. I mean, that could absolutely still have a lot of moving parts to change here. So The one thing you have to figure out is who's your offensive coordinator. That's the one thing you got to figure out before you can figure out the other spots. So until EB decides whether he's staying in Kansas City, uh, whether he wants to consider some other options, then, yeah, the Chiefs can grant him the opportunity. It gets a little trickier in the NFL as far as um, if he's still under contract through the Super Bowl Mm moving to an offensive coordinator spot around the league. That's not really allowed. You have to wait until your contract's completed before you can move on. So if A E B did want to consider one of the offensive coordinator jobs that's open around the league, because there still are several left, yeah, right? You know, there's some things that have to happen before that. So this isn't necessarily a process that's going to be completely done in the next couple of days. I mean, this could be a week or two before we really know where the coaching staff has settled it. Yeah.
0: And knowing my luck, as soon as we wrap this about 10 minutes later, we'll find out what E B is doing. But that's the way that it goes. We have that's to know it works. works. We have to talk about the defensive side of the ball, folks. We're talking with Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com, who covers the team on the Chiefs' beat. We're going to get into that right coming next. BetOnline has you covered this week, the props, odds, lines, and everything that you need all the way up through the playoffs and to the big game that is right around the corner. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, the podcasts, and all the news that you need this season, whether it's football season or basketball season or whatever is coming around. It's all those sports, college hoops, NHL, boxing, even the UFC, and all the updates that you need in real time on current games. Don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offer. It's only available right now during the 2022 season. So get over there to betonline.net where the game starts. And it's Super Week brought to you by Get Upside. and there's no better place for the coverage on the big game than the Locked On NFL Podcast Network. Locked On Bengals, Locked On Rams in L.A. covering the game all week as long as you're on Locked On. You might as well check out Lockdown NFL draft as well. So check it out. It's super weak. In the first segment, you kind of laid out that, hey, they don't really give it away until they're set. Are you surprised if the Joe Cullen hire and the change for Brendan Daly, are you surprised that's the only changes on the defensive side of the ball?
1: I'm a little surprised because, you know, once again, I mean, we talked about the fact that this team hasn't had a lot of turnover and guys leaving. And you certainly think there's a possibility that any number of the guys on the defensive side, you know, could be looking at other jobs. Brendan Daly, I think this move to linebacker is probably part of, you know, his goal because he wants to be a defensive coordinator in this league. I know that Uh, hasn't happened yet. So probably moving to linebackers is good for his resume. That was why Greg Lewis moved the running backs last year. Because he wants to be an OC in this league. Um, but I, I was a little bit surprised that there was only shuffles that, you know, because once again, I mean, this is a team that's been extraordinarily stable with the coaching staff um, since Steve Spagnolo arrived, you know, for sure. And with all of their success. So I thought there might be a little bit of, you know, more turnover on the defensive side, but um, not stunned that it didn't happen. One name in particular for me that I'm waiting to
0: hear, and I don't know, I can't recall if it was a two year contract, but Ken Flagel has supposedly been working with outside linebackers. I think that makes sense to try to help Brennan Daly in the transition to linebacker coach, let him deal with the insides, let the outside guys work again. But do you know if that was, if he's still under contract or was that a one year?
1: Good question, because I, I never got a confirmation for sure, whether it was a one or a two year deal. Uh, honestly, I think it was a little bit open-ended for, for Flagell, um about what he wanted. You know, he's at a point where he was retired when when Steve Spagnolo gave him the call and brought him in. So right. I I think at this point it's just a matter of um what flagell is because you know, his title, don't read too much into it. I mean, yeah, he certainly fulfilled the role because I, you know, I, I would see him out of practice and running some of the some of the linebackers through drills. Um, but remember, I mean, he was more almost like a, an assistant for Spagnolo to just take some of the uh, duties off of him and let him focus on some of the big picture stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, he was, he's a man of many hats. There's not just one thing that he does, um, but if he sticks around, that's going to be the continued role. I mean, he's really just going to be there as, as kind of a a right-hand man for spags wherever he needs him. Now, the interesting part is you kind of laid into something that I've been getting a
0: lot of questions about in that the, the hiring of Joe Cullen, who's been a long time defensive line coach and has had a couple of stints as a coordinator, um, a, a, I think that's a great hire. How how do you take that in terms of, of his resume? What he brings to the team?
1: Yeah, you look at the experience, and, and yeah, I mean that's a that's a great hire. And you know, it, it and honestly, I mean it should help both position groups. I mean, Brendan Daly has been um, uh, is, is a really, f- I, I mean, he's a fierce position coach. I mean, he's a guy the guys want to you know run through a wall for, uh, and he's also still fairly young. So I think that you know in that linebacker group, he could be a really good fit. Um, the addition of Colin, you know, is interesting to me because. He's the kind of coach that I, I think he would want, you know, for a, a, maybe a more experienced and a little bit, you know, more veteran defensive line. Since he has mentioned that he's been around for a while and, you know, he's had a lot of guys that he's coached and everything. Um, that makes me think that, you know what? Chiefs might be looking at having a defensive front. That's a little bit more experienced next year. And, that might mean some new faces. That might mean some, you know, blending of some veterans in, into a new way. And that's not not that Brendan Daly couldn't do that, but Colin seems like he's probably got the experience to handle that pretty well. I think that makes a lot of sense. And,
0: and he's got a lot of question marks because right now, the contract structure of that front four is half gone. I expect Eric Noddy to be back. Do you agree with that part?
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's... I don't think there's any doubt that you know, the guys that are still under contract and still inexpensive are going to be back. I mean, that would be your Derek Notties, Colin Saunders, you know, Joshua Kandos, Mike Dana's. They will be back. Um, there's questions for all the veterans. You know, Melvin Ingram and uh, Alex Okafor. Contracts are expired. They're going to be free agents. You know, Frank Clark has a salary cap decision that the team has to make about whether he's going to be back or not. Um, but that means there's going to be some spaces on his team. And the other part of it, too is that go back to last year and and what happened in the Super Bowl. And you saw what happened with that offensive line. And Brett Veach made it his goal that Patrick Mahomes was not going to be in the spot where he was ever going to have to run for his life like he did in that Super Bowl. And what did he do? He went out and absolutely, completely and totally rebuilt that offensive line with free agents, with draft picks, everything. Now, that's harder to do on the defensive line, especially, you know, at drafting at 30, it's going to be tough to find an edge rusher at that spot. There's plenty that are going to be available free agency. And and that doesn't preclude, you know, a Melvin Ingram coming back. But sure. but look at how the Chiefs lost that AFC championship game and how they struggled throughout a lot of the season defensively. It was because they couldn't get pressure on the quarterback. And I have no doubt in my mind that Brett Veach's number one goal This offseason, just like it was rebuilding that offensive line last year, this year, it's he wants to rebuild that defensive line to make sure that they get pressure on the quarterback in 22. And if that's the case, it's going to mean free agents. and It's going to mean draft picks. And that means completely rebuilding that line. And Colin seems like the kind of guy that is there for that kind of job.
0: That is how it comes across to me as well. Chris Jones, I mean, he's Chris Jones. He's the anchor. The rest of it is all up for grabs at this point. I think Derek Naughty is a great two-down player. I think they have to have him. Same with Mike Dan. I think you have to have him as a reserve that can come in. He put in some quality reps even down the playoff run. Like to have that volume of new faces on the defensive line, hopefully one that I think evolves a little bit and isn't so much the power. I think they need a more explosive front, one that can penetrate more, one that's quicker off the ball, and then one – they can get to the quarterback in, in less than two and a half seconds. That, that's got to be the goal. To me, that screams that you have to still stay with the four-man front. And the question that I keep getting is, you know, Collins run a 3-4 when he's been in charge of this thing, except the whole league is hybrid. I don't see anticipate them going to a
1: three-man front. Do you? No, I don't. I mean, if for anything, because it's, you know, it's, it's Spag's system. I mean, and I don't see him switching that. And for a position coach, that's not a big deal. I mean, it's, it's really not that significant. Um, But I think, I mean, I, I, I think you made an excellent point as far as the makeup of the chiefs defensive line in 21 and how, I mean, it was pieced together in a lot of ways and what the chiefs really need to do because they've made the commitment to Chris Jones what you've got to do now is build an, a defensive line around Chris Jones. And 21 was not how that line was structured. I mean, no. you know, Jaron Reed came in, and Jaron Reed plays the exact same position as Chris Jones. I mean, having those two guys on the field always meant somebody was playing, you know, a little bit out of position and doing something that they're not used to. Um, even though they're both defensive tackles, that's not what they're both, you know, the far the gaps that they like to go after, it's the exact same player. It's just the one has been, happens to be a little bit better than the other one. Um, but you know, and it's, but you're also, you're losing Reed. I mean, you've got a lot of pieces that you've got to replace and, and there's going to be some pieces out there. I mean, and there's also some players that Joe Cole has been familiar with who are going to be free agents this off season that I think makes his addition to the staff very interesting.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to dig through those free agents that he's worked with in the past and had success with. Um, there's some age bracketry there that has to be overcome as well that I'm going to be a little bit concerned about. We have to talk about the players that are here that have decision points to make for both the team and for them. We're going to do that right after this. You've heard us talk about these things before. These are built bars, and you have to take advantage of them. The new year is rolling, whether your resolution is or not, but these things are here to help you, whether they're a meal replacement or a a substitute for something that you normally would take in maybe isn't quite as healthy for you. All you have to do is try the, the puffs or try the marshmallow flavors or any of these, like the coconut almond, you have the toffee almond, uh all kinds of options for you that taste great. They taste like a candy bar. They provide the protein that you need, 130 calories on average, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs and 17 grams of protein that you need to get through the day and they're all covered in real, actual real chocolate. So you get a taste of what you're looking for as well. You can replace meals. You can actually supplement meals. You can do whatever you need to do to get through the day. And we have a special offer for you. Go to Built.com and use our code LOCKED15. Get 15% off of your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And while you're at it, all you cheese fans, all you fans around the country, we have an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It helps you by giving you a little bit back on the gallons that you buy using the app and tracked, through GetUpside. You can get it at any app store, whether it's Apple or Google, wherever you want. All you have to do is use our code TOUCHDOWN. and You start tracking the gas purchases that you make, and you get something back for it. You can then pay yourself back out of your account through a bank account, PayPal, a gift card, even Amazon, and all kinds of stuff. And best part is it's free. So get the free GetUpside app at any app store. Use our code TOUCHDOWN. Start saving today, right now, on the tank that you're about to buy. Now we talked about the defensive front that's certainly where it starts. You mentioned Reed and Ingram. I think one of them could come back but I don't think both. Are you on with that?
1: Yeah, I I definitely think so. Um I imagine both will have plenty of interest. I mean, they certainly should. I mean, going forward and we'll see what kind of deal but um I I think the Chiefs have definitely have more interest in Melvin Ingram coming back. I mean, that was something the Brad Beach addressed uh, with us last week. Um, think that there's definitely, but that's once again, I mean, his decision-making process is not going to be the same as the Chiefs. I mean, they're going to have to move forward with the possibility that maybe Melvin Ingram comes in, maybe he agrees, but I, I don't think that Elv- Ingram is going to make a decision in the first wave of free agency unless there's an offer that comes in and blows him away. Um, But there certainly seems to be some, you know, at least mutual interest in getting back together. But once again, it's going to have this, I think it's going to depend on how some other pieces fall into place.
0: So that brings us to to the partner. We talked about building a line uh, around Chris Jones. I don't think at least on this contract that could include Frank Clark. Do you expect them to release him, maybe try to still have a, a conversation about coming back? Or is it a clean break here?
1: Yeah, I can certainly see a conversation about keeping him at a lower number. Um, But it's I mean, it's it's going to be have to be close to that minimum um, to be able to keep a Frank Clark. And I think that's a possibility. Um, I'm not going to rule it out because, you know, Frank Clark has shown an interest. I mean, he's called Kansas City his home. He wants to stay in Kansas City uh, with some of the off the field issues that he's still facing. Certainly going to affect him in free agency and I think would be an issue. I mean, now if I'm an opposing team, what kind of a deal do I put together for Frank Clark? It's going to be pretty incentive laden. Mm -hmm. And if that's something that the chiefs can't do, because the chiefs are already going to have Frank Clark, what counting for about $12 million under the salary cap anyway, depending on, you know, how an extension with him is structured or not. Um, There's a couple of ways they can break it up as far as making him a June one designation two and pushing some money back into the future. So it can come out a couple of different ways, but, You're right. I mean, it's with his salary cap number, the way that it is keeping him under the current contract is was never really an option for this team anyway. Um, It was always going to be a decision maker this year. So that's where the Chiefs are at. Um, I I can't close the door completely on Clark not coming back. I think this is a good spot for him. He's happy here. But once again, I mean, if if there's a better deal out there, I, I think he has to consider it. And I think you'll get one.
0: You don't, you don't have to close the door. I'll do that. I won't latch it, but I'm going to close the door. Um, that brings us to the leader of the defense. And we heard back and forth. I thought this extension would get done for Tyron Matthew before camp. It didn't. It lingered on. Then there's back and forth. There's the social media aspect, which I don't put any any faith in whatsoever, one way or the other. But as it stands right now, you have to get something done that is both in in active to retain him, you have to be understanding about where the team is. And I'm not sure that that is a place that they can get to these two parties. Do you think that Tyron Matthew can reach an agreement that works for this team in 2022?
1: Well, the tricky thing is that, and I think this is what, you know, Brett Beach has been trying to tell us for a long time between the lines. Uh, I was certainly under the philosophy that you were, which is that, Last summer was that if hey if an extension with Tyron Matthews seemed much more likely day by day until week one began and then once the season began the extent the likelihood of an extension for Tyron dropped down to zero it wasn't going to happen until after the season Um, but now you know you're reading between the lines and looking at the reality of it is is that with what the Chiefs want to get accomplished and what they need they can't really get a, a Tyron Matthew extension done until after they get a few other things addressed. And and all of those things are going to require the beginning of the new league year. I see. I find it very difficult to see the Chiefs fitting Tyron Matthew under the current salary cap, which remember, they have to be under the uh, beginning of the new league year in March. Mm-hmm. Getting that done when you've also, you know, on starting on the beginning of the new league year, you're going to have to account for Orlando Brown under the... Franchise tag, most likely, Mm -hmm. and you will not have other deals done yet, which would include like moving some money around on Patrick Mahomes' contract to free up some money, maybe doing the same thing with Chris Jones, maybe an extension with Tyreek Hill to move some money around, save some salary cap. There's a lot of different other elements that all need to take place before you can address Tyron's extension. So, the the likelihood of him getting an extension before the beginning of the new league year to me, is very, very low unless it is a very, very friendly team contract. And that seems unlikely. So then you're really pushed to the beginning of free agency. And if, and if if you know, Tyra Matthew gets to hear some of their offers, I am sure there will be some offers that are higher than what the Chiefs are willing to go. And if it comes down to that, it comes down to just simply who's the best offer. I don't think the Chiefs win that race. Um, but if Tyron Matthew truly wants to stay in Kansas City, I think the Chiefs will make him an offer. It just might not be the one he wants. All right, Good enough,
0: depending on how much he wants to be here. I think at, at at the bottom line, it comes down to if you can't reach the agreement, you're looking at a comp pick at the very worst because he will get a good contract somewhere else. He will play significant stabs for another team in 2022 if it isn't here. There's a lot to that because Dan Sorensen is, is out of contract after... Uh, the league year as well. That leaves you, Armani Watts, and Zane Anderson on the practice squad along with Juan Thornhill. Like, that has to, I think, they're unable to reach that agreement. That does have to bump up the safety position in terms of need for this offseason as well. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, I think you've got some good prospects with, you know, a Zane Anderson and then Devin Key that could be, you know, your number three safety. I mean, they could replace Dan Sorensen in that role, but you're talking about a starter. And I don't know if either one of those guys or Monty Watts is ready to be. You know, Tyron Matthew. Yeah, and you're, and you're not. And let's face it, you're not going to ask anybody to be that, but you're going to ask somebody to provide you those minutes. You're going to get your leadership most likely elsewhere. I mean, unless unless either Tyron Matthew walks back through that door, uh, or there's another veteran safety out there that you're targeting. Uh, but yeah, I, most likely you are looking for a starter at that spot, and that's probably somebody who's not on the roster right now.
0: That's how I see it as well. We're going to get into the leadership next week. Matt will be back next Tuesday, folks. We'll have more for you tomorrow. And we're going to go through all through the, the, the offseason. We're here five days a week. It doesn't matter that it's February or June for that matter, let alone October. We're always going to be here. So make sure you check us out, like, sub, and hit the bell on YouTube. Subscribe on all the free platforms because that's where we live. Matt, thanks for the time. And thanks for doing everything at ChiefsDigest.com that you're doing. Always my pleasure, Ryan. I appreciate it. Take care, everybody. Folks, have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.